everybody. It's not yet payday, but you are still listening to the Payday Podcast with your host, Samantha Mantra, me. And I am happy to be back with a special Valentine's Day episode for you. This Valentine's Day, let's be honest with each other about how love and money intersect. And boy, do they ever. So let's start with some big picture numbers because love and money, right? Overall, we are projected in 2024 to spend over almost $26 billion in total U.S. Valentine's Day sales. That's a lot of money. I also want to point out that we still haven't beat the $27.4 billion that we spent in 2020 on Valentine's Day sales. What can we extrapolate when we think about those numbers? One, during the most stressful year that most of us had in the last five, we decided we really needed to show up and show out for our loved ones. And two, that really hasn't changed. $26 billion. It's a lot of money. So what are we spending all that money on? Well, it's the usual culprits. Flowers, chocolates, dates, experiences. These are the categories that Americans overall spend in when it comes to Valentine's Day. But Valentine's Day isn't just about looking after our significant other, our husband, our wife, our spouse, our boo. It's also about showing love to the other people in our lives. Our moms, our sisters, our best friends, the men in our lives who have been consistently awesome but you're not in a romantic relationship with. It's just about showing love. So how do love and money intersect? Well, I just want to point out who among us hasn't seen someone that they love be down and out and has just wanted to help them out. Maybe you paid a bill for them. Maybe it was a phone bill or a light bill. Perhaps you sent over an Uber Eats order and just said, you know, keep your head up. We're going to get through this chapter of life that feels more difficult than others. In those moments when we provide relief for other people, that frequently ends up with us paying a credit card bill at the end of the month. In fact, modern life has made it so we usually spend money to give relief and show love. And that's a criticism of capitalism, but it's also a current fact. It's never been easier to show our love to others when we're apart. Unfortunately, The farther we are from each other physically, the more we spend. Think about it. For those of us who are first-gen, how much of your childhood and adolescence did you spend packing barrels and suitcases for back home? And how many extra shifts did your parents' family work to show love to those family members who are back home? When friend groups are spread out across the country, when folks end up in different cities, we spend money flying to each other. We spend money to go on vacations where we're all in the same place together. We spend money on delivering gifts to each other. And if what I'm describing is starting to sound familiar, I want to point out that there's something called the five love languages. Now, you don't need to agree with this categorization of how people show their love, but I find it's a helpful way to break it down. If you're not familiar with the five love languages, they are as follows. Acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, and physical touch. Now, what's interesting is 
when I looked at these love languages for this podcast that I'm making right now that all of you will hear in a few days, I thought it was a little bit funny in an ironic way that right off the bat, three of the five words, three of the five Three of the five love languages usually overlap with spending money right away. So I'll go one at a time. Acts of service. That means you perform an act of service for someone you love. Usually that's a physical act. Maybe you clean up the house for your mom. Maybe you go shopping so that your significant other doesn't have to because they are down with a bad headache that week. But acts of service in the economy that we live in today frequently is hard because you also have a job and a long to-do list, which means that people have outsourced their acts of service. Cleanup needs to happen, hire the cleaning service. Want to come together and put together some furniture? Damn, but you're booked, so you did a task rabbit instead. And the outsourcing of active service doesn't take away the kindness and consideration to make sure that your loved one needs are met, but it does now turn into an expense. Giving and receiving gifts. I know that seems obvious, right? But there are a lot of people who find a lot of who find deep gratification in giving gifts, not just in receiving. And I think that's a whole <laughs> book on its own. But if you're unable to give to the people around you, that can make you feel like you're not doing the right things in your life. And if you don't feel like you are receiving the gifts that you hope for, that can create some discontent. Finding an out-of-print book or a vintage piece or tracking down an old heirloom from your loved one's family to give to them. There's a lot of ways that Receiving and giving gifts as a love language shows deep consideration without just pressing buy on the Amazon card. Quality time. Now, quality time shouldn't be one that falls into immediately spending money, but since we all work, we all have to request vacation time, and that means that our quality time becomes vacation time. How many people are actually able to spend more than five hours a week with their significant other without it being a screen in between the two of them? Not a lot of us. And I'm not saying that to at you. I'm saying that to point out in order to get quality time, most of us have to go on a staycation or a small workshop. We have to plan out maybe a whole day of a date to get some serious time with another person where we feel loved in that way, if that's your love language. Words of affirmation and physical touch. Those round out the top five, the five love languages. Words of affirmation. So you just tell somebody, hey, I love you. You're doing it. I'm proud of you. Look at you. You talk to your best friend. You talk to your significant other. You talk to your sibling. But how are we doing that? Well, Mostly it's through the device in our hand. It's a phone and you have to pay a phone bill (laughs) because we don't all live together in the same neighborhood anymore. We don't just knock on the door, come through it and sit down and start talking. That's not something that happens right now in our society. It's something that we have to plan and that means that we text each other. That means that we call each other and that means a phone bill. Physical touch. So... 
This overlaps, I think, with quality time in a very significant way. In order to have physical touch, to have hugs, cuddles, to lay on the couch and just watch a movie together, you have to be in the same place. And so that means that you have your time has to coordinate. And coordinating time for any adult over the age of 30 in America usually requires calendars. It's not as easy as it should be. And it can be easy again, by the way, but that's a different podcast episode. So we end up spending money, regardless of our personalities, regardless of our love languages, to communicate our love to the people around us. And that's common. And I think that's why we're spending something like almost $26 billion this Valentine's Day. So let's dig into those numbers, because $26 billion, almost. The exact number is actually $25.8 billion in total projected spending. So the numbers I'm going to talk about now are from a Wallet Hub study on what Americans spend during Valentine's Day. On average, the average amount spent is about $185, $185.81 to be exact, and 31% of folks who are going to buy a Valentine's Day gift will buy it at a discount store. Let's pause and consider that. Consider that fact while thinking about the fact that 76% of Americans say they expect to receive a gift on Valentine's Day regardless of what it costs. That means everything from a $2 rose that you picked up because you were thinking of somebody on the sidewalk on your way from point A to point B to a five-star restaurant meal. And 28% of Americans will buy themselves a present or on Valentine's Day for themselves, right? We all know, without it being said, but let's be explicit, that Valentine's is a gendered holiday. And so men in general will expect to spend twice as much as women. However, compare that with the fact that 47 million Americans will receive an unwanted Valentine's Day gift. I think that is a dark irony when we consider the fact that 27% of Americans will anticipate having credit card debt due to Valentine's Day spending. And of that 27% who will end up in credit card debt because of Valentine's Day spending, 41% of them plan to hide it from their significant other, which is just a, "Mm, maybe we shouldn't do that, Mm." but then we get into relationship advice. There's, there's, There's some really interesting things we can talk about in just those factoids. Valentine's Day is a lot of money, but it's also not a lot of money. 31% of folks buying gifts from a discount store show that it's the thought that counts or it's okay regardless of what they can afford for the people that they're buying for. $185 is not a lot of money in the context of how much things cost nowadays with interest and inflation with the economy being as hard as it is for the working class. $185 is basically you know, the grown-up adult version of two $20 bills, which is an interesting way to think about it. And what we spend should also be in the context of what we earn. I think you would all agree. So considering the fact that 70% roughly of all Americans make less than $100,000, only 30% of Americans make more than $100,000, that actually 
tracks in a monthly budget. It tracks pretty well. Now, this is not the kind of podcast where I constantly talk you out of spending. I encourage you to be conscious about your spending. I want you to know what you spend, and if you're spending for other people, I want them to be excited to receive what you give. Which brings me back to one of those statistics that I just mentioned. Well, factoids. I think that 47 million people who are receiving an unwanted Valentine's Day gift is money that is not well spent. And that might be some of the credit card debt that doesn't need to exist. I think it's important when we are showing love to people through, you know, some spend that we know our people really well. So whether you are giving gifts to your friends, mothers, sisters, significant others, whether you've decided to treat yourself because you're worth it and you are, you should be really intentional about what you're choosing. If you're going to pick up some chocolates, maybe don't get the chocolate with almonds if the person you're giving that gift to is allergic to nuts. Make sure to remind yourself to be intentional about what you're doing. It goes a really long way. Since Just as that simple example, 57% of people who will celebrate Valentine's Day are going to buy chocolate this year or some form of candy. Now, I know a lot of you, and I'm actually going to include myself in this, think that Valentine's Day is a commercialized holiday that is just made up. But I'd like to point out that we've been at Valentine's Day a very long time as a country. It's been commercialized. There were printed cards being sold for Valentine's Day since the late 1700s in England and since the mid-1800s in the United States. That's two or three centuries, give or take. And despite all of the money spent and the commercialized goods around Valentine's Day, it's still a really good time to stop and look at the people around you and show them some love. So whether you're picking up some cotton candy, you're going to get little sweeties hearts, or whether you're planning a really beautiful dinner, whatever you're doing, do it well, do it with intention, and make sure that the people you love feel appreciated. It's a special day because you make it that way. And if you are just doing it for yourself, make sure to spend money on yourself in a way that makes sense, that makes you happy. There's a lot of ways to approach love and money, but when you're thinking about the overlap between them, it's usually about providing something that isn't being provided already. Nevertheless, money can't buy you love, and it's a poor substitute for it. If money allows you to express your love in your love language, then go ahead. What's a day of love for, if not for you to show up and show out? This is Samantha Mantra, signing off. Take care and enjoy the rest of your Valentine's Day.